Well, hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. A special welcome to those of you who are joining me live via the Integral Life portal. And thank you, Integral Life, for providing it and for providing a home for The Daily Evolver for, I think, 10 years. I'm getting close to that anyway. And if you haven't become a member of Integral Life, please do. You're supporting a great group of people, a great movement. It is the home of Ken Wilber and a whole host of wonderful teachers. And they are doing an integral life practice uh, program that I think is well worth checking out. And in fact, I did an episode on it a while back. Also nice to be here on Integral Global Facebook and on YouTube Live. You can find all my stuff. I usually post these live shows a day or two later once I get it together. Uh, at dailyevolver.com. All my stuff's there. And you can leave me a voice message there under the connect tab. And you can write me at jeff at dailyevolver.com anytime. Send me stuff. I get great stuff from my listeners, including questions and comments and criticisms. And I'll get to a couple as we do the episode here today. So, you know, in the spirit of looking at current events through an integral lens and looking at integral theory through the lens of current events, we will turn our attention here at the beginning to this presidential transition that we're stumbling through here in the US. And a friend of mine described Donald Trump as being a big balloon, one of those big balloons that they have at car lots, deflating day by day but still popping up occasionally in a gust of wind. And the wind, uh, self-generated, uh, <laughs> is most of Donald Trump's wind, is this fraud he is perpetrating uh, and nurturing with his true believers, that he himself is being defrauded out of a big win in the presidential election. And it's very vexing. I know my friends who are, are somewhere between vexed and exhausted and outraged and trying to get it, you know, we all are. I mean, it's reality here, folks, and, and we want to be friendly to reality. And so that's integral, gives us more explanatory power and more view into reality than any other view, in my opinion, simply because it includes more. It wants to include everything, ancient, modern, postmodern, interior, exterior, scientific, spiritual, and having all of that online gives you more explanatory power. So there's a couple things that I've hit just to get things started. And then I want to get into some clips and some fun stuff that I've discovered for you. Um, and the first one is, uh, I just want to uh, reiterate two things, I guess, that I've talked about before regarding Trump and particularly this um, election fraud con of his. And I, I want to say that Integral, first of all, helps me to see it and position it as its strong, its standard strongman behavior out of that late warrior red strata of development in early traditional, where power is the thing still. Now, there's rules and institutions that have come online, but they are to be used in the service of one's power. And they don't have power uh, and sovereignty on their own. Uh, so that's where Trump's coming from. And he is, as do strong men from this stage, he exacts a heavy price 
from those who oppose him. And I have to admire these people. I really want to stop and admire these Republicans. It can't be easy for people like the governor of Georgia, the secretary of state of Georgia, who are being accused uh, by the president of the United States with passionate and fervent followers in their state, a majority of people probably. And he is accusing them of essentially treason for, as he says, perpetrating the greatest fraud in American history, an American disgrace. Something has to be done, all caps, three exclamation points. That's bad stuff. And in cultures where the center of gravity of the culture itself, not just the leader, is early traditional, then words like this are often attended by violence and sometimes civil wars. And that leads me to the second insight that Integral helps explain and it's surprising to me, uh, sort of, but until I think it through. But that is that there has been no violence come out of this uh, so far. Uh, there are groups who are demonstrating outside the homes of these officials, who, some of whom are armed and they, that could go bad. You know, there's somebody could be plotting something, but certainly it's not been anything like the civil unrest that one might have expected. And it's not for lack of trying on Trump's part really, but it is the saving grace of a culture who has been pacified into modernity. Modernity is a pacifying event in terms of violence, uh, human on human violence. But we'll stop there, but that's an important milestone. And we have a center of gravity modern country. You know, we have 30% of the people who are in this traditional and some maybe 10% are in the even early traditional into the red, but you know, the system is holding. And so that's, that's, that's two insights that I've had. I've, I've hit them before, but I wanna put them in the context of this particular moment. And uh, with that said, I will still profess and confess that there is one surprise that I am experiencing. And that is that apparently, based on a plain reading of his tweets, Trump doesn't care about violence. And he might even like to go out with a bang. You know, I mean, imagine starting a civil unrest or a civil war. I mean, how important must you have to be to make that happen? So he, he, there's no ruling that out. And I can't believe that I've underestimated the depths of his venality, but I guess I have. You know, I knew he would grumble his way out of office. I knew he would uh, explain and complain and plead victim. And he would, I never thought he'd be gracious. I not, never thought he would even probably attend the inauguration. But this active solicitation that they're stealing America, all caps, something has to be done, three exclamation points, all caps, is shocking even to me, I gotta say. So one of the things I try to do is to separate Trump from Trumpsters, and they're different. You know, Trump is, he's at least as, tweet Trump, I mean, part of Trump's uh, power is that he actually is functional in several stages. He's what I sometimes think of as the dark spiral wizard, the person, you know, integral is functional at many stages and he is too, not green probably, but traditional, modern for sure. 
and in this red, and you don't find somebody who's good at modern, um, who's also uh, has such access to pure red like he does. So that's true of him, not necessarily true of the 70 million people who voted for him and the 42% who still approve of him. So anyway, in the spirit of this teasing apart the Trumpsters from the Trump, I want the Trumpsters from the Trump. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to share a, uh, a, an email, a message that I got from a listener, Laurie, who has been listening for a long time. And I'll just read what she wrote. It's in this uh, vein. She says, I just listened to your, quote, using and misusing history, unquote, episode, and appreciate it so much. First, it's a great episode to send to friends and family who wonder what the heck the Daily Evolver is and what Integral refers to, so I plan to share it. And I encourage you to do that. Actually, I took uh, the first 12 minutes and um, cut them and placed them on YouTube. It's a little bit of an overview of Integral related to politics and current events. But to go on, she says, um, the episode dealt with what so many of us have struggled to understand since 2016 and are still struggling with. How is it possible that nearly half of, America vote, half of American voters supported Trump? Can they not see, all caps, exclamation point? How can they not even notice what a horrible person he is? I'm still stupefied by this. But as usual, your thoughtful analysis really helped. I think the light bulb moment for me was your point that their way of seeing the strong man is actually thousands of years old and that the rational, scientific, evidence-based approach to life is still very, very new. Thank you for that. Your observation that Trump lovers live in a pre-truth rather than post-truth world was pivotal. It actually helped me relax. If this supporter's view, worldview is mythic and more religious, then it's just a continuation of a stage of consciousness and culture that humans have been living in for many centuries. It's not regressive, as I have always feared. It's just very old. That makes a big difference. And I, I, I so appreciate you getting that because that is really, really key. I mean, Trump didn't create it's not a supply problem. It wasn't too much Fox News or too much Trump. It's, it's a demand problem. There are people with ears to hear this because they live in a world that's actually more enchanted. Uh, and there's a strong force so it can protect me and make the world right. And I can relax. And I don't have to think about all this modern and postmodern multiculturalism, global, ay, ay, ay. And there are people who, you know, they can function in the greater center of gravity, modern world, but that's not where their hearts are. And so she goes on. She says, I'm a boomer, and I grew up believing we won World War II and defeated not only the Nazis, but Nazism. I believed the civil rights movement and women's rights and gay rights movement had opened almost everyone's eyes except a few crazies in the South, and that a new focus on spirituality had arose and the cultural creatives flourished. That's pretty, isn't it? I, I, Blanche Dubois, I like to think pretty thoughts. Anyway, 
And she goes on, she said, so the cultural creatives flourished and we were all mostly together in this evolution, right? Uh, nope. I've been naive, if not actually blind. It helps to understand that moderns and greens, that's postmoderns, and integrals, which is the post-postmodern, have just barely entered the stream of history. And there's still a world full of amber and red, these mythic and magic structures, who, as Ken Wilber has said, have the right to be at the level they're at. As you noticed, I thought we were moving forward with, as you noted, I thought we were moving forward without them, but it turns out we can't. Damn. We have to include, then transcend. Right-o. She goes on, last paragraph, she writes, every once in a while, I have the wisdom to see that there's something refreshing about reality. Turning to face what is and working slash evolving from there. So thanks again for a reboot. So thanks again for a reboot into an integral understanding. So what do you think of that? I love that. Thank you, Laurie. Nice to know when it's landing. Okay, um, so, you know, I, I hope that delivered us all into a nice warm state <laughs> because I'm going to test our integral equanimity here. And I think I'll just go right into it. Fake news is a real problem. That's why millions turn to Newsmax. Newsmax, you like Newsmax, I like it too. Real news for real people. Honest analysis, real reporting on the issues that matter most. No bias, no BS. Don't fall for the fake news. Get the facts. Newsmax, real news for real people. All right. <laughs> How's that for a, some ice water? Uh, so this is a taste of Newsmax. This is the new further right than Fox news network that Trump is supporting. There's another one called OAN, I believe, that um, uh, I have checked in, but I, I want to do a separate segment on that because it's different and more populist and I, it's different. I'll, I'll explain it then. But this is, you know, this is the new, more mainstream. It's um, in 70,000 homes. Uh, had 3 million viewers on election night. It's not nothing. And it puts out the far right, if you will, the, the Trumpian worldview into the world. But again, uh, this, these are reasonable, sane people who are working with the mendacity of Trump. So it's a little complicated, but it's interesting. And um, they have a piece of the truth. And I can't watch too much for you because if I do, I start believing them. You know, these voting machines and the bags of ballots and the trucks in the middle of the night and this fraud going on everywhere and the poll watchers couldn't get near. And it all makes sense <laughs> to me, you know, in a way. And uh, I like to think that I'm multi-perspectival, but I have to say, I secretly suspect I'm just weak-minded, but I watch it and try to take it all into account. So like I said, I, I, I have learned something from watching over the last couple of weeks. And so I'm a couple, make, uh, play a couple clips that make that case. Uh, the first one uh, regards the latest lawsuit. I see that I had a Freudian typo here, law shit. <laughs> How about that? I love that. The latest law shit 
that Trump is flogging around the vote in Pennsylvania. Now, I assume that you, like me, have received the mainstream account, all of which I fervently believe, uh, that it's um, you know, abusing the system, that it's useless, it's empty, it's undermining democracy. And so I was happy that a couple days ago, the Supreme Court struck down Trump's lawsuit in Pennsylvania. But, you know, I hear the mainstream account and uh, even in Fox, more or less. And but I, I want to make sure I'm not being suffocated with groupthink here. I mean, that is the sort of conscious incompetence that I've achieved in the mediaverse. And so I do want to know what the other side's believing, not Trump so much because I think he's either insane or a kind man. And I really seriously don't know which at this point. But his followers are, who are decent people and they really want to create a better world for their grandchildren. They really do. And um, so what do they make of this? And so I'm going to play a bit from their morning news show that is, you know, sort of um, uh, built on the same model as these other morning news shows, a couple hosts and then the field reporters. And this is the field reporter from the White House. And it's em her name is Emerald Robinson. And she's going to explain what uh, their view of the Pennsylvania lawsuits and, and I think the Texas ones, but I think I might have edited that out. I can't play too much of this stuff because it's Google and YouTube and I get in trouble with them. So I don't want to, but I'm going to play a bit of it here. Well, there's a little bit of confusion about the Pennsylvania case and exactly what the Supreme Court decision yesterday means. There's been actually a lot of misreporting on it as well, as the president uh, pointed out in a tweet just moments ago. Here's how it stands. So the Supreme Court refused to issue an em emergency injunctive relief that would have stopped the certification of the results in Pennsylvania. However, that has nothing to do with the merits of the case. And that case brought by Representative Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania is still pending before for the court. Okay, so, you know, another piece of it there that I didn't get from the mainstream that I thought that the PA case was shut down, but it, no, it's just an emergency injunction was shut down. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, both sides really, I mean, serve up their comfort food. Uh, and this is, this is theirs because the fight goes on in some fashion. Okay, so then the next one I'm going to play from them is from the, uh, the uh, Greg Toffel is his name. He's a Supreme Court attorney, uh, is, is how they identify him. He's talking about the, the Texas case. And the Texas case that's uh, coming up is, and again, I learned more of what it actually was from listening to Newsmax than I did from Morning Joe, where it was just ridiculous. And it is. But I saw what it was, which was a, a case filed by, I believe, the Secretary of State of Texas, saying that these other states have these rules of, of sending ballots and, uh, and mail-in voting that disadvantage us because we don't do it and it needs to be consistent and they're cheating and whatever it is, he says. Here's how it's explained by this Greg Toffel. 
Will Pennsylvania be able to use no excuse mail-in balloting in the next election, or are they required, as we we indicate they are in our arguments, to have a constitutional amendment if they wish to implement no excuse mail-in balloting in PA? They've they've done it by a mere statute up to now. We we contend that's illegal, that's unconstitutional, and even if they won't award relief as to the 2020 election for various reasons, they certainly should with respect to future elections. All right. So again, not completely unhinged from reality and may even be fruitful uh, in the sense that um, this is evolution in action, folks. And as I often say, evolution is beautiful, but not pretty. Um, This case that flows out of the mendacity of Donald Trump may actually serve to turn our attention to making the voting system in the country more safe, secure, understandable, consistent across states and counties. And that would be, and I, I did an episode on voting where I talked, showed you know how voting is, if we look historically, first of all, didn't exist for most of you ministry, but what it did, it's just ever smaller groups uh, become bigger groups that are enfranchised. And part of, of course, the argument about mail-in voting is that it makes it too easy for people who don't find their ways to the polls otherwise to vote. And, um, and that's democracy. And we want that to be easy and we, we want it to be consistent. And I do think that out of all of this craziness from Trump, we'll find our way to a better voting system. And that's the you know, evolutionary potency of it. Okay, now I'm gonna share my favorite, which is a clip from Diamond and Silk. And this is the equivalent of Fox News and and MSNBC, the the evening shows where they have the pundits who do their opinions. There's no um, um, sort of uh, even facade of news here. And it's uh, these identical twins, Lynette Hardaway and Rochelle Richardson, and they're known as Diamond and Silk. And what's extra fun about these two ladies is that they are identical twins and they have that we space, that that loosh of we space that twins I here, I understand, have. I don't have it with a twin, but where you finish each other's sentences and you're just really completely in sync. And so that's part of the fun of this. And the clip I'm going to play is them giving their award that they give, I guess, every week called the Itch of the Week and it's, uh, it's sort of the bolarized version of B-I-T-C-H of the week. And it is this week being given to Whoopi Goldberg because Whoopi said that people ought to just suck it up and accept the results of the election. And um, so I'm gonna play a little bit of what Whoopi said and then the first part of uh, Diamond and Silk and their response to Whoopi. All these Americans who voted legally came out and stood and voted. How dare you question it? You know what? Whoopi Goldberg is a liar. Yes. She is a nasty liar. And you need to suck it up. We cannot respect this election when we suspect fraud at the highest level. And And you know good well all of these people didn't come out and vote for no Jim Crow Joe Biden. That's right. Okay, so, you know, have you ever tried to argue with somebody like that? It's literally impossible because it's not 
um, properly an argument. It's 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 assertion. It's insulting. It's they're the ones that being persecuted and misunderstood. And it's so interesting. Uh, you know, we talk about how each stage of development divides the world into two parts, divides people into two big groups. And it read this stage that they exemplify, really. There's also early traditional. We're talking about the same read of the Trump lovers, not just the people who voted for him for financial reasons or whatever, but Trump lovers. And it divides the world into, first of all, saints and sinners, but also predator and prey. And so there's this movement between aggression and victimhood. And you see it in Trump. He's the exemplar of this. And again, does he believe it? I don't know. But maybe it read, it's just obvious that you wake up in the morning and fight your enemy. I mean, it's not like you go and, um, you know, listen to the experts, uh, I guess. So anyway, they're natural conservatives. There are a lot of people in African-American community and the Hispanic community that are at this early stage of traditionalism. We saw their numbers increase for Trump. They love him too. And it's not racial, it's developmental. And, 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 they, and again, they like Big Daddy. And they like being sure of themselves. And they like having an enemy. And they like fighting. And it reminds me of some of the people, I still have them in my life, but some of the people I grew up with. Uh, I grew up in, um, you know, with the rednecks in Western Pennsylvania. And the arguments, if you will, that I heard there. Uh, and I grew up in a big extended family and community. I had lots of friends. I knew my friends' parents. And, you know, I was always surrounded by people. And I listened to many such pontifica pontifications as Diamond and Silk. And sounded just like it. It's the white people redneck version, but the music's the same. <laughs> and um, I have to say, when I listen to Diamond and Silk, I mean, it's funny, but they do warm my heart in a way. Because, like I said, I remember these people. And I loved them. And they loved me. And they were juicy and fun. And we kids were the center of the universe. And... Um, you know, they're good people. So, but, you know, you don't want to have an argue, argument with them. <laughs> and, and the other thing I would say, too, is, and this is always where Integral invites us, is where, where's that strata in us still? It's not like it went away. I mean, we think it did. And part of our problem with not understanding the world as it is, is that we've repressed it and split it off psychologically. And so we have to fight it in ourselves. And it's, I, I'm just reminded, and I've talked about it in my, many episodes, the, you know, what we will, have, it's all unfolding still, and maybe for years to come with investigations and historians, but we liberals believed a lot of crap about Trump that wasn't true. I did. At least it hasn't been shown to be true yet, aside from, you know, fervently believed conjectures and circumstantial evidence, too, actually. But, and Whoopi Goldberg has made plenty of them herself too. That's part of her trademark. Uh, but, um, you know, Diamond and Silk give us a pure transmission. And um, I can take a little, can't take too much, but it does, I can feel it. It warms my, uh, what is it? The shock of the heart and maybe the one belief it quite a bit. <laughs>
Okay, well, I'm going to turn uh, the tables into a, a more um, uplifting state, if you will. And um, I want to point out an episode that I did with Steve McIntosh. It's the second in our series called Post-Progressive Inquiries, where we talk about a post-progressive view of politics, particularly, and culture in general. But Steve is thought a lot about this, and, has, and in his book, Developmental Politics, he points, you know, he expands on it beautifully and quite convincingly. And um, so we did a, um, a, an episode, it's now on this site, a new one with uh, a, a man, Thomas Bjorkman, who some of you may know. He is a Swedish financier that left the uh, finance world, I guess a decade, decade or so ago, and dedicated himself to making it a better world and being inspired by integral theory and particularly the, the flavor of integral theory that has come to be known as metamodernism. And, um, and it's, I think, mainly European centric and based, but of course, everything is everywhere. And uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, listen to or watch the episode that we did called American Post-Progressivism Meets Swedish Metamodernism. And just to give you a little incentive, I will read um, a, a message we got from one of my listeners uh, named, named uh, strangely enough, Laurie, <laughs> but a different one. And she writes, Dear Jeff and colleagues, I am a Western Canadian from Alberta. Your podcasts were recommended to me by a Swami in an ashram in Northern India. I love that. I love listening. The latest podcast with the man from Sweden, this is Thomas Bjorkman, made me realize that my grandchildren will be okay and that I have some wisdom to share with them and their parents, a wisdom that is broader than the non-dual path. I love that. Broader than the non-dual path that has real-world grit. Your podcasting through the election also gave me perspective that I find so useful. I am grateful, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. So, yeah. Um, check it out. I, I think just as a, a, a sort of a, a observation uh, that one of the differences between uh, metamodernism and integral theory properly as put out by particularly Ken Wilber and Steve McIntosh is that the metamodernism uh, doesn't really embrace the spiritual side of the street like integral does. Although I did ask Thomas, have because he was talking kind of spiritual, if you ask me, you can listen to it yourself. And I asked him, so Thomas, have you gotten religion? And his answer was surprising, and you can listen to it. But the, the answer in short was yes and no. So if you're interested in that, listen. Okay. And oh, I wanted to play. Oh, 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 yes, I have to play the rest of this diamond and silk. I should have just done it all at once. But it's worth listening to, uh, so I'm going to do it. This is where they actually do the real honor, honor of the bestowing of the itch of the week to Whoopi Goldberg. But listen, it's just hysterical. Itch? Girl, you better be glad that I'm on this show right now. Yes. I will beep, 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 beep all over your head. That's right. That's right. You should, you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yes. <laughs> Do you hear that? I mean, I mean, right down to the threats. I mean, it's all comical and comic bookish, but I'm going to 
pop you over the head, girl. Uh, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself. It's just assertion and insult. And oh boy, it's such a strata of human development. Wow. It's and it's uh, in vivid technicolor, whether we like it or not. And we should turn towards it and learn to love it because there's a lot of juice there. Okay, so I'm going to end with a real palate cleanser. And that is a video that a number of you sent me of, I have it uh, uh, um, labeled as Wise Little Girl. And it's a YouTube that's gotten, I think, 4 million plus viewers. And, um, and just a little integral lesson here is that the nature of evolution in terms of, um, well, we can see it in nature, but also in human consciousness and culture, which is where you know the, the integral vision really focuses, is that it spikes, it's frothy, that there are people in all times and places who spike to very high levels in various lines. You know, they may have a high spiritual realization that is an authentic post-integral realization, but their you know interpersonal skills are in traditional or their um, emotional skills may be down in uh, uh, red or, 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 or purple, you know, or magenta. Uh, There's all these color schemes, but, you know, down in the mythic and magic stages. And, and you'll see it in cultures where, you know, sometimes we'll pay, people will talk about democracy as being what arises in modernity and based on this new idea that people are sovereign, not the king, uh, that that actually what people will say, well, that happened in Greece. Well, yeah, it did, sort of. Uh, there was a democracy in Greece and life conditions really create democracy or create evolution. And so if you get a culture like Greece that was the first time that it became stable and fruitful enough that you could have people who were thinking for a living, basically, uh, and, and this real cutting edge of people at the leading edge, uh, then you can have something that looks like um, democracy. And it was, uh, as long as you consider that Socrates and Aristotle were racist warmongers. And, um, you know, that there was mathematics in Arabia. And this was during the great Arabian slave trade. And, you know, there has to be a center of gravity of the culture at large that is able to hold and really operationalize these high level things. But they're happening all over the place. And there are people who um, spike into um, high levels, and they're, they're generally seen as, um, you know, saints and sages. Uh, it's, it's like Jesus comes along or Buddha comes along. It's like, wow, there's something that rivets us, that grabs our attention. We know there's truth to it, and we live it out at the stage that we're at. And so you have Jesus coming and teaching that we should give everything we have to the poor, take up our cross and follow me. And, uh, you know, and then these preachers with the jets and whatever, all of us. And so this is just the nature of the frothy edge of evolution. But what I want to focus on is what I consider to be just one of those people. And this is a little girl who is talking to her mother and her mother's videotaping it. And it's after the mother had a fight with the father and this little girl, and she can't be more than five years old, maybe four years old, is explaining to her mother what needs to happen. 
And the wisdom uh, of this little girl is just astonishing to me. And I don't know how it is that people come out like this, knowing this sort of thing, or, or you know, that they're magnetized to this. It's not life conditions. It can't just be life conditions. To me, it has to be another 10,000 lifetimes of karma that uh, are, take, are taken into account here. But at any rate, just to close out today's show, I want to give you all a lift with a message from the wise little girl. Mom, are you ready to be his friend? Yes. Try not to be that, that high up to be friends. I want everything to be low, okay? Okay. Just try your best. I'm trying to do my best in my heart. Nothing else than that. I want you, Mom, my dad, everyone to be friends. I think you can do it. I think you can settle your your mean your mean heights down a little to short heights. Then it's both, okay? I'm trying to be steady on the middle where my heart is. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something too. I just want everything to be good as possible. Nothing else. Thank wow. You. My heart is something. I want to be steady on in the middle where my heart is. My heart is something and everyone else's heart is something too. I just want everything to be as good as possible. Nothing else. Wow. Whew. In the sacred world to come, may we all be this guileless and earnest and wise. So, all right, may it be so. Thanks for tuning in, folks. See you next time on The Daily Evolver.